Hallelujah, hallelujah, hi, hello, my name is Holly Smith. I'm so excited to be with you guys today. So today, the Holy Spirit has directed that we discuss the Acts Church. We're talking about the Acts Church because we are supposed to look like the Acts Church. So we're actually going to start in verse 14 of chapter 5 in the book of Acts. It says, And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So the question is, how did we get from Jesus and 12 disciples to the church that we see today, right? It all started with the Acts, the apostles in the Acts church. This is how it started. It says when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were added to them that day. Why? Because the Holy Spirit moved. They saw the power of God. And so today we're going to discuss what is the power of God in today's church? I've got a clue for you. It's sitting in Acts, the same God that helped the Acts Church create the church is the same God that sustains the church today. And what's very unfortunate is a lot of people think and have taught that the miracles, the apostles, the prophets of that day are dead and gone. That's what religion has taught people. That's what we've all believed because we haven't seen the power of God move lately, right? I mean, if you haven't seen the power of God move, how do you know that there are still apostles and prophets? How do you know that the Holy Spirit is still performing miracles every single day? Because I got to tell you, God is still moving, guys. He's still moving. And all we have to do is plug into his power, get on his level, do things his way, and we get God's results, just like the apostles did. So if you're sitting there wondering how this applies to you, I'm going to tell you because the people were all healed. The people were all healed. The people were all delivered from unclean spirits. That means demons. That means those angels that fell with Lucifer from heaven. Those guys are called demons and they like to get inside people and burrow down deep inside and make them think they have addictions, make them think they have illnesses, make them think that they don't like their family, don't like their circumstances, don't like anything. They make them mean. Why? Because the devil's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he sends his demons to come after people who have light. He sends people, he sends his demons after the people of light, the carriers of light. And so if you're a believer, if you've said, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, hallelujah. If you've walked up to that altar, if you've made that decision in your heart, then you need to know that you're a target for the devil. You're a target for demons. They are trying to burrow down deep into your soul because they don't want you to realize who you are because you can take them out. It's amazing. What we have is amazing. So I'm going to go into some of this stuff today and teach you how you can be the Axe Church today, because it's not just for Peter. It's not just for James. It's not just for John. It's not just for Paul. It's for you. Okay. Now, if we back up to verse 12, it says, now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. 
Many signs and wonders were regularly done by the hands of the apostles. Why were they done by the hands of the apostles? Because the apostles carried the anointing. They were blessed with the Holy Spirit and they cultivated that anointing. They preserved that with holiness. See, the apostles were trained by Jesus. That's one of the reasons Jesus was here and his ministry lasted for three years, because what he was doing is setting the example. He was setting the pace for how we should walk. He did not stop moving from the minute his ministry started to the minute he left this earth. He didn't stop moving, guys. And we are actually called to keep the same pace. And what the devil has done is he showed up in society. He showed up in church every single day to try to slow us down. He's tried in social media, in television, in wasted time with, with bad friends, bad influences, people who don't want you to go anywhere, people who just want to make trouble. All of those things are wasted time. Sometimes even your job could be wasted time. Maybe there's a hustle culture out there. Maybe there's a corporate culture out there who's trying to steal your, your home time, your hours that are actually supposed to be dedicated to the Lord. They're trying to steal those hours. See, they're only paying you for a certain amount. And if they're guilting you into doing more than you're contracted to do, more than they're paying you to do, what the devil is doing is he's getting behind you and pushing as hard as he can. Because he's like, if you're trying to get that next promotion, if you're trying to get that next job, if you're trying to get that next $2 an hour raise or whatever it might be, then you're going to work hard at this and you're going to stay focused on this and you're not going to get in the word of God. You're not going to attend church if you feel like you've got to prep for your meetings on Monday. You're not going to go to Wednesday night service if you feel like you got to stay late at work or you got to take your kids to soccer practice. See, there's all these distractions that the devil has tried to put in your path and what it's created is busyness. Busyness helps no one. I'm just going to tell you right now. It helps no one. Busyness helps no one. And these people were not busy, they were focused. And there is a big difference between a calling and a job. There's a big difference between busyness and focus, okay? So Peter and all the rest of the apostles, they followed Jesus around. Before they became apostles, they were disciples, okay? So you have to remember, you're saying, hey man, I want my shadow to fall on people and they get healed. Well, of course you do. You wanna be a vessel of light, right? You wanna be a carrier of God's power. Okay, well, your first step is to be a disciple. Start where Peter started and you can end where Peter ended, which is, which is healing people left and right and center, okay? So when Jesus was on the earth, what these men did is they left their jobs, they left their businesses, they left their families at home. They spent less time with their families to dedicate more time to the word of God and to the work of the kingdom. Well, that sounds pretty controversial in these days, right? I understand. I understand. My husband is owns, we own a trucking business, okay? So he can be out from anywhere to, from 10 days to three to four weeks at a time. And I, we have two little babies, Noah and Annabelle. As of right now, the Lord is sending more. We're so excited. But right now we have Noah and Annabelle. And I'm a stay-at-home mom and I run this ministry. Well, so that sounds like a pretty busy schedule, right? My husband's gone three weeks out of the month. I'm running a ministry. I have two little babies. You're correct. That is a very busy schedule. But we're focused. We went from being busy to being focused. 
And so now that time that we're sacrificing with each other, we know we're seeding it into the kingdom of God and God's going to produce a harvest on that. You just wait and watch. Our family is not going to be separated like this for long because God honors his servants and he honors his children who want to serve him so faithfully. I want to start with Peter because if we look at Peter's life, we are actually going to see our lives. Okay. Um, Peter started as this random fisherman. He owned a boat, probably financed it. Like he was just living a mediocre, regular life. And then Jesus interrupted his story, right? He interrupted his life. And he said, hey, come follow me. He gave him a miracle. He helped him in a time of trouble. And then he said, hey, leave everything and come follow me. That's exactly what Jesus is asking you to do. You are probably sitting in the middle of a mess. I'm going to be honest. If you have not been walking with the Holy Spirit every single minute of every single day for the last however long you could possibly imagine, you are probably sitting in a mess right now of some kind. There's a situation that popped in your head when I said that and you're like, yep, I'm in a mess in some area or all areas of my life. Well, that's because the devil has showed up every single day to make sure that you stay so under his thumb that you don't realize you're over his head. He's under your feet, family. And so Peter didn't know that either because he didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. And he didn't even have Jesus yet. He was just this random fisherman, okay? And then what happened was Jesus interrupted his story, just like he's interrupting yours right now. And he said, hey, I want you to come follow me. I want you to drop everything you've got. I don't know if you've ever run a business before. I have. It is a full-time job to run a business. There are so many aspects that come into play that aren't just being an employee, okay? And he said, Peter, I know you've built all this. I know you acquired this boat. I know you have a wife at home, but I want you to drop everything and I want you to come follow me. So Peter did that, right? But he didn't know what he was doing. He was fumbling around. He was scared sometimes. He didn't know what was going on. He was just guessing. He's like, hey, if that's you, uh, call me to walk on the water. I'll do it. And then he tried and then he slipped because he wasn't ready. But he was trying. He was there, right? And that's a situation you're going to find yourself in. You're going to say, God, I I'm ready. I want to go. And he's going to say, okay, honey, try. You can do this. And if you slip, he's just going to catch you. And he's going to say, hey, thanks for trying. Thanks for showing up. Let's keep walking. Let's keep learning. And I'm going to keep equipping you and you're going to get there. Okay. Because see, when Jesus met Peter, he already knew Peter was the leader of his church. He already knew Peter was called to be the leader of his church after he was going to leave the earth. And yet he didn't tell Peter that. He just met him right where he was at. And he said, Peter, hey, it's me. It's me. Come follow me. And Peter thought he was signing up for probably the same thing I thought I was signing up for, some sort of administrative role, right? Like, can I hold your, your robes while you're preaching or something, right? Can I just help you? He didn't know he was signing up to be the leader of the church once Jesus left the earth, but he was. Jesus knew that. God knew that. Peter didn't know that. And I am telling you right now, God sent me here to tell you today that you have a Peter-like calling on your life. You have something that big and that magnificent and that glorious. And yet he's meeting you right where you're at right now. And he's saying, hey, I know you're in a mess. I know that life looks very mundane. I know the devil's been eating your lunch and beating you up. But I'm here to tell you that you just need to start following me. Just start walking with me and I'm going to take you from walking to running 
I'm gonna take you from running to soaring over everyone else, soaring like on the wings of eagles. And you're gonna walk on water and you're gonna fly above everybody's heads and you're gonna live a supernatural life. But it all starts with Jesus interrupting your story and saying, hey, it's me, can you just come follow me? Can you just come walk with me? Can you just come do the little things I'm doing here and there? And those little things turn into bigger things and those bigger things produce big results in your life. And before you know it, you're saved, you're sanctified, you're set free, you're delivered, and you're doing it for somebody else, okay? In whatever way that is, just because you're helping people do those things doesn't mean you're called to ministry. It means you're called to the kingdom of God, and that's a bigger job. The kingdom of God does not know a certain role. The fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists are just five opportunities to serve the kingdom of God. There are so many more ways. There are so many more souls outside of that scope that need to be reached, and that may be your job. There are people God has already placed in your life that he needs saved that are not saved, that if they died today, they're not going to heaven. And what he needs you to do is he needs you to start walking and running and chasing this kingdom of God, to live in it, to fly in it, so that you can help them too. Because they don't wanna have what you have if your life looks like their life. They don't want it. They said they've already got it. Why am I gonna add one more thing to my plate? Your life doesn't look any different than my life, dude. I don't care. But if your life is lived in the blessing of Abraham, if your life is lived in the call of God, if your life is lived glory to glory, then they're gonna say, hey, what have you been doing? Because your life rocks. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, God is not boring, he's not dull, he's not old. God is cool and he has an exciting, cool life for you to live today. So let's get back to Peter. Peter didn't know much, but he said, Jesus is good. I see the love of God in his eyes. I'm gonna follow this man. He follows him, he learns more, he grows. He even gets so far as to be with Jesus when Jesus is taken to Pontius Pilate and he's gonna go get, get crucified. And Peter denies him three times. So Peter really messed up and he knew a lot of stuff. And I'm here to tell you, if you are th- sitting here thinking, sweetheart, you don't understand, I've been in church my whole life. You don't understand, okay? I know the Bible, you don't understand. I've said yes to God, but I've messed up, but I've slept with my boyfriend, but I've missed out on opportunities, but I've failed, but I've sinned, but I cuss, but I drink, but I, stop. That doesn't matter. What matters is you say, today I'm selling out. Today, every single decision I make is different than the day before because I decided to walk with Jesus all the way, not some of the way, not on Sundays and Wednesdays, not 15 minutes in the morning, every single moment of every single day of my life, when I'm sleeping, when I'm awake, when I'm eating, when I'm drinking, when I'm with friends, when I'm with family, when I'm by myself, when I'm in the shower, I'm with Jesus. I'm gonna do it to the glory of God. When you say that, when you make that decision, you take and you repent. Say, Father, forgive me, I repent. When you come to him, Come with the cross and say, 
I for, I repent. Please forgive me, Father, in the name of Jesus. Every single thing you've done gets washed away. Every single thing. It is there. You have not gone too far. You have not gone too far for God's plan for your life. You haven't gone too far that he cannot turn it around much faster than you climbed into that situation. God can pull you out because he's got bigger hands than you've got. And you were digging, 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 digging into that hole. And God can pull you out in one minute. He can change it in a day. Those slaves in Egypt went from slaves in Egypt to all the riches of Egypt and walking towards the wilderness in one day. The Red Sea parted in one day. And I'm telling you, today's your day. Today's your day to say, you know what, God, I'm selling out for Jesus. I'm selling out for this. That's what Peter did, okay? But he did that without the Holy Spirit. And so he was still struggling. He was still trying, but he didn't have the power of God. And what's happened for most people is you've said that. You've said, I have sold out. You don't understand, but I'm struggling with this stuff. But this stuff is hard, but I don't understand how I'm supposed to be able to live that free. I don't understand how I'm supposed to never cuss. I don't understand how I'm supposed to conquer lust. I don't understand how to do that. And it is because you're missing a piece. You're missing a piece of the puzzle here. If you have been in church for a long time and it has not preached the power of God, especially if the Holy Spirit has not moved in power where you know that's the Holy Spirit, that person just got healed, that's the Holy Spirit, they just fell out, that's the Holy Spirit, they just, you name it. If you haven't been in a church like that, then most likely what's happened is, and even maybe sometimes in those churches, what's happened is you've experienced church hurt, you've experienced people failing you, and you've equated that to God failing you. And I'm here to tell you that the Acts Church was a church that lifted each other up. They lifted each other up, why? Because they all walked in this much power. And when you all have this much power, the devil doesn't have a foothold for jealousy. The devil doesn't have a foothold for strife because you're all sanctified, you're all holy, and you're all walking together. And how many of you know that when two bulls are doing, two bulls can do the work of three? Two can do the work of three. Did you know that? If they're walking step by step, if they're walking line by line together, Two can do the work of three. So how much can a church full of holy, sanctified children of God, how far can you go when you're all walking step by step by step? Okay, that was the Acts Church. That's why they moved in so much power. That's why they added 3,000 people in one day. That's why they were healing people left, right, and center. That's why Peter's shadow was just making people fall out in the Holy Ghost because they all walked in holiness. And if you're wondering, what is the missing piece to my life? It's the Holy Spirit and getting sanctified in holiness. But you can't get sanctified without the Holy Spirit. Because Peter went from a guy who was hiding in his house saying, I don't believe Jesus rose, you guys are nuts, to preaching to the entire Jewish nation in Jerusalem on one of the busiest days of the whole year there. There were more people in Jerusalem that day than there were any other day of the year. And he preached to all those people a very controversial topic. And he did it with boldness and he did it with excellence. Why? Because the day of Pentecost came, ladies and gentlemen, Holy Spirit fell. And when Holy Spirit fell, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Moses showed up in every single believer there. 
they started speaking in the Holy Spirit. They started speaking in tongues. And you know what happened is when they started speaking in tongues, everybody heard them in their own language. Why? Because speaking in tongues is supernatural. So let me clear that up for you right now because I know there are people that are saying, yeah, I'm not sure about that. So let me let me clear that. Chapter two. Now remember, now remember, here's what happened before. Jesus had come, he had risen, and everyone had saw him, even Peter, who was scared and hiding in his house with all the rest of the disciples, even though they had just walked with Jesus for three years. But remember, they didn't have the Holy Spirit, so cut him some slack, okay? They were hiding in their house. Jesus showed up. He said, hey guys, I love you. And they were like, oh my gosh, you're here. They were so excited. He walked with them for 40 days. He appeared to so many people. All the things happened. And then as he was ascending to the Father, and he wasn't going to appear to them any longer, he said, listen, I need you guys to stay in this town until the day of Pentecost. I need you to stay here and just wait. And they didn't know necessarily what they were waiting for. They, he just said, wait until the comforter comes. Okay. And so one day when it says chapter two of Acts, so this is, this is their last instruction from God. This is their last instruction from Jesus, God, Jesus. Okay. Jesus, the son of God. This is their last instruction from heaven is wait. And that is what they did. And I'm going to take a little sidebar here and tell you that there are going to be times in your life when your only instruction is to wait. And I promise you, if your only instruction is to wait, it's about to get so good, okay? But here's chapter two. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Um, they were waiting, okay? And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Oh, it's about to get good. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Because again, this is supernatural. It doesn't have to make sense to you. It's not supposed to. God is bigger than you. Okay, let's just let's just clear that up. God's bigger than you. Okay, so verse seven, and they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Which means don't they all know the exact same language and we don't have Rosetta Stone, so how would they know all these different languages? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and, and Elamites and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and other parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We all hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But there were others. Okay, I want you to stop right here and remember. Every single time you operate in the power of God, you will hear and you will see the but there were others. I need you to understand that there is no middle ground. These others weren't just people who weren't sure about God and weren't sure about the devil. These were people that were empowered by the devil. The devil showed up that day and showed up because he heard Jesus say, don't move. He heard him say, so the devil had his demons waiting just like Jesus had his disciples waiting because the devil is always on the defensive. Did you know that? He's always on the defensive. 
He's always on the defensive. He's not a creator. He's an abuser. He's a manipulator. And he perverts what God has done. And so he was there to pervert it that day. So this is the devil now. This is the devil's people. Devil speaking through people and said, but others mocking said they are filled with new wine, AKA these jokers are drunk. They're high. They got a hold of some of that new PCP smoking pipe stuff. They are dunzos. Look how stupid they are. That's what the devil is trying to do because the devil cannot actually dispute the power of God. All he can do is mock the power of God. And remember, if you listened to my last podcast, you heard me tell you the devil shows up every single Sunday to church. He shows up every single Sunday to church because he is terrified of you. He's terrified of the real word of God being preached. He's terrified of power moving in that church. So if he can show up to your church and create strife and create division and create animosity, then what he can do is stop the power of God from moving because the power of God is only going to move in holiness. In holiness. That's the only way the power of God moves. So if you can't get holy, you're not going to be able to operate in the power of God. You may witness it. You may have a supernatural miracle created by someone else's holiness that can curate it and keep the anointing and give you that miracle, right? You can experience it, but you can't help facilitate it. And what you want to be able to do is facilitate the power of God in your life, not just watch it, experience it, or maybe see a video of it on YouTube. Okay. So that's our goal. Okay, so remember, everyone started speaking in tongues, Holy Spirit fell, and now all of these men are Holy Spirit filled. So scared, slipping from the water, Peter, who was like, I'm a sinful man, Jesus, I I, I can't handle this. And he's like, no, follow me anyway. And so uh, that Peter denied Jesus three times after he walked with him for three years. That Peter, hiding in his house, scared of the Jews, Peter. But Peter, We're in verse 14 of chapter two of Acts. Chapter two of Acts, verse 14. But Peter, standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. Peter did not pull any punches. He was like, you guys are dumb. That's a stupid thing to say. It is the morning, okay? Knock it off. For those people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, so this uh, really scared Peter who was hiding in his house literally, I don't know, 50 days ago, two months ago, not more than a fiscal quarter ago, he was hiding in his house scared of the Jews. And now he is standing up saying, Hey, shut up. That's not what's happening. How did Peter get from so scared? He's hiding. His, have you ever had anxiety? Have you ever been so scared of like, uh, an alarm or you heard a scary noise or something and you stayed inside and you're like, I'm hiding. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to go outside. 
I know so many people who are racked with anxiety. I have been racked with anxiety to the point that I was scared to look out the window. It was so inane. I live in suburbia. It was fine. Okay. There was nothing wrong, but it was just fear from the devil. And so, and the fear was from the devil, same, same devil, same fear was on Peter. And yet now he's not scared. He's bold. He's telling everybody to sit down, shut up and listen. Cause God is real. God is good. And God's got power. Okay. Why and how did he do that? He did that through the Holy Spirit. He got filled with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden the power of God moved in his life. And it started with tongues and with boldness. And so if you are like, hey, I don't need to hear anymore. I need this Holy Spirit stuff right now. I'm here to tell you, you can have it. You can have it sitting in your living room. You can have it driving down the road in your car. You can have it immediately. You do not have to wait for a church service. You do not have to wait for an altar call. You can do it right now. And all you have to say is, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Jesus saved me. Thank you for saving me. Holy Spirit, fill me up. I want to walk in your power and your anointing. And it will be evidenced through the speaking of tongues. You just open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit speak through you. And you're going to see that it's not demonic. It's actually supernatural and it's spiritual and it's holy. The tongues of heaven are holy. They're not demonic, but the devil shows up to church and you may have heard a pastor, maybe a pastor you love, maybe a parent you love say, that's demonic. Those people are nuts. They're paying those people to fall out in the spirit. No, they're not. That is so ridiculous. The first reason being, who does that help? What does that gain them? You think about the pariahs of the church world, you're gonna think about the people that move in the spirit. They're the ones that get mocked. They're the ones that get hated on. Your pastor who makes $45,000 a year does not have entire books written about how evil he is. But Kenneth Copeland, who walks in prosperity and healing and teaches people how to do all that stuff, he does 100%. He's a prophet in the land and he gets crapped on all the time. Why? Because of the same thing Peter experienced, but others mocking. And the problem is, unfortunately, those others mocking today, they can reach a large amount of people. Technology can help the church. Technology was created to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God put technology on the earth and he gave man revelation of technology so Jesus Christ could be preached to the ends of the earth, okay? Unfortunately, just like he always does, the devil perverted it. And what he's used technology to do is to rally up a bunch of people and say, aren't these cuckoo crazy people cuckoo crazy? It's not true. It's just the others mocking. It's the same devil. It's the same demon. Okay. We're going to keep reading because what I can say to you is not as powerful as the word of God. And we're here to talk about the Acts church. So let's read some of Acts. Okay. Let's keep reading. So now we're still in chapter two of Acts. We're at verse 22. We're like 20 minutes into the Holy Spirit falling. Praise God. Here we go. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Why? Because he's the son of God anyway. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or hell, or let your Holy One see corruption. 
You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make them no- make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the power the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this that you you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, But he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. So that's the gospel. If you didn't know about Jesus, that's what he did. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart because the the gospel of Jesus Christ cuts to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. That's us. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Okay, so that literally could be the beginning and the end of this podcast, because that is the book of Acts, right? That's the, not, that's not the book. That's the church of Acts. That's how it started. It starts with the Holy Spirit. It starts with Jesus and what he did at the cross. And then he says, and then you'll get the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The Holy Spirit is not a curse. The Holy Spirit's not demonic. The Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit is not there to make you uncomfortable at the end of a service. The Holy Spirit is not meant to be in some back room on a Wednesday night with just the true faithful ones. That is a load of crap, okay? The Holy Spirit was meant for every single believer of Jesus Christ. It was meant for every single doer of the word. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. It's to help you do the word. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. God is three and yet God is one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And yet so many times people are so focused on the Old Testament, God the Father. People are so focused on the Gospels, God the Son. And yet from Acts to Revelations, people are like, nah, whatever. Are you joking? You realize Jesus got four books and the Holy Spirit got the rest of the New Testament because every single thing that happened in power was the Holy Spirit. It started with Jesus, but the Holy Spirit and his power finished it off. Do you understand the Holy Spirit is a large majority of the New Testament? Do you get that? Well, (laughs) Holly, they were just preaching Jesus. Uh Uh-huh, they were. You're so right. Thank you for telling me. They were preaching Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit. They were healing people with the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul did many mighty works with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to address that right now. It did not disappear. 
I've read this whole book, guys, a couple of times, and I'm going to tell you, nowhere in there does God say, and this was the Acts church, and they did so great, and the apostles and the prophets and the power of the Holy Spirit now leaves the earth, and the rest of you can suffer. Bye. It doesn't say that. But the devil is praying. The devil, <laughs> devil doesn't pray, but the devil is really hopeful, okay, that you are never going to crack this book open. He's really hopeful that you only show up to church to make your mom happy. He's really hopeful you only show up to church to maybe get a girl who is less damaged. He's really hoping that you only show up to church to look good and to have a Bible verse on your, your Instagram bio. He's really hoping you only show up to church for a social event. The Holy Spirit is not a joke. And yet the devil is hoping that you show up to church and think it is that you show up to church and think that ministering stuff is nuts and that's only for the radicals and I'm just a regular Christian. <clears throat> Let me be the first to tell you if you don't know. If you think of yourself as a regular Christian and quote, not a radical, what you are actually describing is a self-proclaimed lukewarm Christian. And I can take you to Revelations and show you, but God says, I will spit the lukewarm out of my mouth. He's talking about you. If you are sitting there saying, I'm not that radical, okay, <clears throat> if you're not that radical, then you're not really a Christian. And I really don't want to have to tell you that, but I would not be loving you if I didn't tell you that. Because if you're sitting there thinking, okay, Holly, I get it, that's great for you, but I need one foot in the world because I'm a regular person and then I'll keep one foot in church. That is a, a breeding ground for demonic activity. That's a breeding ground for, <clears throat> for suffering. Because what's gonna happen is you're a target for the devil. You're not one of the devil's children. You got saved. If you died right now, you'd go to heaven, technically, until you heard this. But now that you've heard this, you're in trouble, buddy, because you are responsible for what you've heard. You're responsible for what's been revealed to you. And so if you're sitting here knowing the Holy Spirit's real, the Holy Spirit's not off the earth, the Holy Spirit's actually trying to move in power and I'm stopping it. If you go about your life and you don't do this and you don't say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Okay, I'm gonna go all in all the time. If you say, I'm just going to keep going my way and I'll think about this and I'll let you know if I get back to it, what's going to happen is I'm not going to see you in heaven. I'm just telling you right now because God does not play. He is not an American God. He's not a God who is, um, is catering to the devil. He's not that kind of God. If you look at the Old Testament, you will see that he said, in all of Leviticus, he gives all those rules, right? He gives those rules to say, don't look like the world. That's why people can, that's why people have such a thing with tattoos. Let me clear that up. Tattoos are fine now. Tattoos are fine because tattoos do no longer represent idol worship. That's no longer a sign of idol worship, but back then it was. And so God said for this people in this time, I'm going to tell you, don't mark your body like that because... Okay, because I don't want you to look like the world. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in me. So don't look like the world and don't mark up your body. Okay, so, well, Holly, when did that change? Uh, the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. The society changed. Tattoos are no longer a sign of idol worship. And on top of that, like people don't go get a butterfly tattoo and they're like, I love this butterfly. I worship this butterfly. This butterfly created me and I want to pray to it and sacrifice bulls to it. And da, 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 da. Uh, That's not what happened. That's not a thing. So God's like, that's fine. Get tattoos if you're going to glorify me. Jesus has a tattoo in Revelations. It says, King of King and Lord of Lords. 
So uh, you want to look like Jesus, you can get a tattoo if you pray about it. If you if you yield that to God instead of saying, I think this looks good, I want to do this. Because this life I'm talking about, this is a surrendered life. This isn't a you and your way and your plan and God can have some input. But if I say no, then that's okay. God's just making suggestions. That is not a surrendered, crucified life living for the Lord. That's not a thing. See, the church is the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ, which means Christ is saying, God, I, you're my dad and I want all of these people in our family. And God said, okay, great. Son, you can have all these people in your family, but here's a rule. They have to do things our way. They have to make you Lord of their life. They have to know that you've risen. They cannot get to me unless they come through you. You have to bring them. That's his rule. That's what God said. And so Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Because if you walk through Jesus and you start as a disciple, you'll find the truth of the gospel and the kingdom of God, and then you will find true life. Okay? And that's what this whole thing is about. That's how Peter got from hiding in a room with anxiety, scared of the Jews, to preaching them and saying, hey man, get it together. If you want to be able to preach so boldly that you don't care what anyone thinks, if you don't care about cancel culture, if you don't care about what your friends are going to say when you have told them about the real Jesus and the real Holy Ghost and the real God, that is when you've abandoned yourself. That is when you're ready to run, right? But first, but first just say, I've surrendered every single thing to you, Lord, every single area of my life, search me out, find ways that I'm not doing it your way and fix it. And when you start doing that, God's going to slowly and gently show you. He is not going to all at once say, take everything off, fix it all right now. That's not God's way. That's not Jesus's way. They are so much more gentle than that. God is so much more loving than that. All he wants is an obedient and willing heart and a kid that's not going to fight him on it. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. So if you say, God, I love Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I want the Holy Spirit. I want this power. Now show me how to walk in this life. Show me the kingdom of God. Reveal it to me because you have to ask for it. You have to want this. You can't just say, all right, God, I'll show up because I have to because I don't want to go to hell. Uh, Yeah, I guess I love you. Yeah, I guess I care. Thanks. God's going to say, no, you don't care. You're lukewarm and you don't get to come here because you don't really want to be here. You care way more about the devil's tricks and the devil's society and what the devil has to offer you. And I'm sorry, what the devil has to offer you is all going to burn up. Watch anybody you know that lives for the devil, AKA lives in the world and doesn't care about God. Watch every good thing they've ever had burn up. Just watch it. You could probably see it in people's lives who are older. You can have a situation, God will bring it back to your memory right now. You know somebody or yourself who you've worked in the world and you've lived in the world to the point that you don't even know God's way. You don't even know his plan. You don't even have any idea about the kingdom and and you've gotten good things before and they've burned up, they've disappeared, they've collapsed, they've crumbled, it's ended in disaster. Why? Because the devil cannot offer you anything. He's a perverter, he's a stealer. It's not his to give you. So what he's, he steals something to give to you and God says, wait a minute, I've got a child of God who's doing everything my way and they have claimed that in the spirit. They've claimed that through prayer. So that's actually theirs and he'll just take it from you and say, nope. Because the devil doesn't have any legal claim to it. The children of God do. This whole earth and everything in it belongs to the children of man, the the children of God, not the devil's children, not people who are lukewarm, not people who are like, "Uh, I don't know one way or the other. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. It's all in for God or nothing. You get one or two. 
And people think that like, oh, I could just live in the middle. And you know what? I like watching TV and I like horror movies and that's no big deal. Um, I'm going to get into horror movies in another teaching, but let me just tell you, if it makes you feel fear, it is from the devil. If it makes you feel bad, it's from the devil. If it makes you feel anxiety, it's from the devil. Everything bad is from the devil, but here's the good news. Everything good is from God. If you have anything good in your life, God put it in there because he's, he is seeding into your life. God put a deposit of good you did not earn in your life so that you would say, wait, thank you, God, for this good thing. Is there more? And he's going to say, yeah, there's more. Come do things my way. You can have all of it. A lot of people are like, have already, like, they get to this point to some extent. They're like, yeah, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. That's fine. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I did that one day at church. I don't know what it means, but I did it. Oh, that's so great. I'm so glad you did that. I really am. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm so glad you did that. But someone needs to teach you what that's for. Okay. The Holy Spirit is for sanctification and for power. That's what the Holy Spirit's for. The Holy Spirit is to get the words of God out of paper and walking in your life. When you start walking this way, stories from the Bible are going to mirror in your life. You're going to see those very same things happen in your life. Why? Because God is always creating. He's always bigger. He's always more. But right now we're in this six day work week of the devils. We're in this time where the devil is still here. And until he goes to hell, what's going to happen is he only has like, I don't know, five tricks and he just continues to do them over and over and over again. And so he did them all throughout the Bible and God stopped them all throughout the Bible. And so that's why everything you've ever been through, you can find something to help you in the Bible, something that mirrors it because the devil only has a certain number of tricks. So it's not that God is only this big. It's that the devil is only this small. And so we've got to fight the same devil until he's gone. And then when he's gone, guys, nothing but up. Promise. Nothing but up. Okay. Things are going to look different. They're going to look cool. And what you need to realize is you're an eternal being. And what God has sent me to tell you what the basis of my ministry is, is this. My commission from God is tell my people I'm coming and tell them to start thinking ahead. Think ahead of where you're at right now. Not just on this earth. I'm not talking 30 years in the future. I'm not talking when your kids are grown. I'm not talking when you get married. I'm not talking when you get out of school. I'm not talking when you're retired. I'm not saying any of that. He's not saying think ahead in that. Your life is a vapor. Your life is but a mist, the word says. I'm saying what you need to be focused on is after this is over. Because what you can do is you can go read the last two page, the last two chapters of Revelations and you'll see that this the, the pages of this book ends. The scrolls close. The judgment comes. And the people who go to heaven go to heaven. The people who go to hell go to hell. What happens for eternity, guys? What happens? You got to start thinking about that because we're the last generation to be on this earth. Whether you believe it or not makes no difference to me. It's the truth. It's what I was sent to teach you. It's what I was sent to proclaim to all the world is that Jesus is coming in our generation. This is it. No, he doesn't know the day and the hour. Only the father knows that. But that doesn't mean he doesn't know the month and the week and the year. Okay. He said, I'm coming back. You can go around and look at the rapture dreams that have happened amongst the people of God. You can go and look at the people, the prophets right now and what they're prophesying. Everybody's saying the same thing. Jesus is coming now. He has saved the best for last. He has saved you for the very end to rank, to bring this thing home. You're the grand finale, baby. Congratulations. It's you. You got it. You got the prize calling. 
The word says there were people in the Old Testament that would strive to hear these things. Do you know how much King David would have loved to live in our generation? He had a heart. He had a heart for God, right? He was a man after God's own heart. He would have loved to be in this last generation. And yet that wasn't his calling, right? But it's yours. You got a cooler calling than King David from the Bible. You let that sink in for a minute. You have a cooler calling than anybody from the Bible other than Jesus. Because what's going to happen is you don't have to get crucified. You don't have to be brutally murdered for the gospel. You actually get to demonstrate the blessing of Abraham. You get to demonstrate all the good that the Bible has preached. If you go read that book, you're going to find a love letter from God to you. You're not going to find a judgmental God. You're not going to find a God that hates you and that says, toe the line, boy, or else. You're going to find a God that did everything for you, who gave you Jesus to pay for all your sins. So all you have to do is say, I repent. I love you, Lord. I'm so sorry. In the name of Jesus. And he goes, honey, you're forgiven. Your sins are wiped away. You're clean. You're brand new. You're a snow driven, pure as the driven snow, right? Okay, so that's already done. God did that for you because he loves you and he sacrificed his son for you. Do you have a child? Do you want to watch them go through excruciating pain? Do you want to watch them go to hell and suffer for three days? Do you want to watch people mock and abuse them? No, I have children. At that, even thinking about my kid falling and scraping their knee brings me such pain as a parent. Just thinking about it. And God went through all of that for you. God as a parent went through that for you. He loves you, okay? And then he didn't just do that. He didn't say you can have salvation and then suffer till revelations. That's not what happened. He said you can have salvation and you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. You get to move in the same power, the same anointing, the same raisin from the dead, Holy Spirit move that Jesus had. You get everything Jesus had because you're a co-heir with Christ. That's who you are. That's what the Bible says. And people have never opened it up or they've read a verse or two or they've read it without Holy Spirit revelation. Without Holy Spirit revelation, this is just some boring textbook about ancient Greek and Jewish culture. That's all it is. If you don't have Holy Spirit revelation, and that's why there are so many dead churches. That's why there are so many churches who don't move in the Holy Spirit because they don't have Holy Spirit revelation. They're not filled. They don't know. They're not educated. They haven't sought it out. Okay, they've had one foot in the world, one foot in in the word, if that. And so what happens is they don't have holiness. They don't have holiness. I have literally sat in a church with a pastor who said, my wife is sick today, so she's not going to be here. Um, I'm sorry, Jesus healed them all, and you're a pastor. You're a shepherd of sheep. Why is, why is that happening? Why are you sick ever? You should be walking in divine health. That's a sign of something going on in your life. That's a sign of something going on in your life. That's, that sounds very harsh, but it's true, okay? I've had pastors say, well, I didn't really want to be here, or you guys are really annoying, or yeah, I just really hate when I get calls from the congregation during the week. What? Being a pastor, being called to the fivefold ministry is an honor. Being trusted with God's precious children is an honor. It's not a burden, but these men and these women, they don't know that because they haven't been given the keys to the kingdom. They haven't sought out the truth of the scripture. They have let religion dictate what the scripture says instead of just having a one-on-one relationship with God themselves. And what you're called to do, what I'm called to do, is to not listen to everyone else. I don't want you to take my word for it. Please don't just take my word for it. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and say, God, reveal this to me. You already have a place to start. Acts 2. 
Acts 2 is where you start. You start reading that for yourself. I read it to you, but there's more. Start reading in Acts. Look at what the church is supposed to look like and say, God, reveal to me what my place is in these last days army. Because you have been activated now. If you said, if you said that parents and Holy Spirit, fill me up. If you got so fired up during this session that you were like, I am in, I don't want to go to hell. I love God. He loves me. I'm in. If that's you today. And I know there are so many people that that's you because the spirit's telling me it is. Then what's happened is you open up the scripture with God and say, God, you have a place for me and your army. Show me it. Give me my calling. Tell me what it is. Give me a vision of what my life is going to be like. And he will reveal it to you. And you'll know. And then you will be just as bold as Peter. Because when God shows you what he has for you, everyone who's been trying to hold you back is very suddenly not important. They are not relevant in your story. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? And he will use the Holy Spirit and they will root out all those thought patterns, all those, those effects of abuse, of demonic oppression in your life, of the people who have also been demonically oppressed, who have spoken negatively over you, who have said you're nothing, who have said you're trash, who have said you can't do anything in this world. They are lying to you. And unfortunately, they don't realize it. But the devil is just using their mouth to lie to you. It's not really them. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the dark world. There's a kingdom of light and there's a kingdom of darkness. And because you've heard this today, you have been invited to the kingdom of light. You've been redeemed from the kingdom of darkness and all its effects and all of its tragedies and all of its accidents and malfunctions and health issues and poverty and lack. It's all gone now. All you have to do now is say, God, show me how to live victoriously. Show me the keys to your kingdom. And he will. But he has a requirement, guys. You got to leave the world. You got to leave it behind. You're going to be asked to leave friends behind. You're going to be asked to leave family members behind if they don't get on board. You'll be asked to try to save them first. But if they don't agree, you'll be asked to keep them at a distance. But that's my favorite cousin. You don't understand. We hang out every Saturday. Okay, (laughs) well, uh, you could be saving souls every Saturday and keeping people out of hell. Is that more important? (laughs) I'm just asking. Okay, asking for a friend here because that's what God told me to tell you. He said, your life is not yours. Live it for Jesus and he will add to you everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Is prosperity and money a thing? Is a great house you own outright and don't have to mortgage a thing? Is a car a thing? Is a great marriage a thing? Are kids a thing? Yeah. Yeah. All these things will be added to you. God doesn't want you to miss out on having a family to work for the kingdom of God. He wants you to have a family. He wants you to have a great marriage. He wants you to have a great life. He doesn't want you to miss out on anything. He created the family to be a safe place, to be a place of love and fun and laughter and lightness. He created the family to just be a source of pure joy because he called you to work in the kingdom of God. He called you to the army of God. And so what that requires is a lot of work. It requires a lot of fighting devils and demons and casting them out and healing people and dealing with people who don't know everything you know. And yet your family is supposed to be able to be your safe place because they know everything you know because you taught them and you bred them and you poured into them the word of God from a very young age. You and your spouse are going to get equally yoked. Pray for that. If you are married and you're like, my husband is never going to go for this. My wife is never going to go for this. You don't understand. She loves wine and the bachelor. 
I'm never going to get her to give that up for this. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, if God called you, he called your spouse, your one flesh. If God's calling you out, he called your spouse. He starts with one person. God started with just me. And I can't tell you the countless people that have been added to the kingdom because he called me. People are being set free because he called me and I shared what I knew with other people and they get to live free now. Do you understand that? He starts with one person and it's going to keep going. I have a list in my head. I got people in my crosshairs in prayer. I know they're going to get knocked down out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Why? Because God chose me first. He put me first. And because he put me first, my spouse is now doing the same thing I'm doing. I'm equally yoked with a spouse who used to roll his eyes if I asked if I could pray. Roll his eyes. And now he said, wait, honey, don't eat. We got to pray. We could be in the middle of a restaurant. He teaches our children. We teach our children tithing. We teach our children how to talk to God. We teach our children how to fight spiritual warfare. My three-year-old is Holy Spirit filled. Why? Because God said, this is your family. He loves your family. He wants you to have a family. You don't understand. Anything you feel like you're giving up here at first because you've got to yield what the world has given you, God will restore to you a hundredfold. You just wait. But I'm, I'm asking you, because I can't make this choice for you. I've already made it for myself, and I live victoriously and free. And that's why I'm here telling other people, because I don't want anybody to miss out on this goodness, okay? I don't want you to miss out on heaven. I don't want you to miss out on the love of God in your life and the power of God and the blessing of Abraham. I don't want you to miss out on any of it. So what I'm here to tell you is I made this choice. I sold out for Jesus, and it changed my life. I went from being depressed and broke and anxious and a really like mediocre parent, I'll be honest, mediocre at best. I complained about parenting all the time. To a woman who loves the word of God. I love the word of God. My marriage is better than it has ever been and we are seven years in. There's no seven year slump here. There's a seven year Holy Spirit high. My marriage is better than it's ever been. My family is better than it's ever been. My finances are better than they've ever been. Why? Because I'm doing things God's way and it's working. (laughs) He gave me a calling so precious and so powerful because I signed up to work for him and I said, okay, God, I yield it all. And that's all he's asking you to do today. So right now I'm going to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these sweet, precious souls who made it all the way to the end of this podcast. I know it's the word of God. It's not me. And I pray that they don't let this word get stolen from them. I pray that they have the strength and the will because now they have the Holy Spirit, that they have the the eyes to see into the spiritual realm, the tricks of the devil. They have the eyes to see in the spiritual realm what they're capable of, what their power is, and that they never let the devil lie, steal, or kill them again. In the name of Jesus, I pray, and all these things be added to them because they seek ye first the kingdom. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so excited you're here. I need you to get more plugged in. I need you to get sanctified, to get out of the world, to get into the word all the time. You need to hear the word of God, not just read it. You need to hear it with really good preachers. And so I have a resource for you. I need you to go to our website, lionlambministries.com. You're going to click on the link on the page called Binge Jesus. It's in all caps, okay? There, you're going to find the links to YouTube channels, about 10 or 11 YouTube channels of preachers and ministers of the word of God. These are generals of the faith who have gone farther than I have even gone so far because 
I'm at the very beginning of my ministry and they're farther into theirs. And so they have all these resources and tools for you to use. They're explaining the word of God so powerfully and with such anointing, and they will help you get sanctified and get holy so you can also live in the blessing. Okay, so I need you to go to lionlamministries.com. It's linked in the description below. Click on Binge Jesus. Go watch those YouTube channels. Stop binging the world. Binge Jesus, and it'll change your life forever. My name is Holly Smith. You've been listening to Grab the Glory. Have a blessed day.